This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Thursday, 13 October in the year of our Lord, 2022. we got a lot to get to uh, this afternoon. Uh, we're going to get to uh, economics, politics, and, of course, this um, incredible controversy over uh, transgender ideology. Uh, Dr. Miriam Grossman is going to join us here in a few minutes, but I want to start with Steve Moore. Steve, thank you very much. You, you saw the um, – Tommy, first off, talk, talk about the, the, the uh, producer price index print and today the print on consumer price index the worst in 40 years and if you look at the sub you know the 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 the, the underlying analysis it even gets worse because i'm I start off with a speech that you gave in delaware the other day about the seven ways i think biden is destroying the american economy but how's that manifested when you look at both the producer price yesterday and the consumer price sir hey steve good to be with you again uh these numbers are a disaster Let's not forget that we have one and a half percent inflation that the month that uh, Trump left office. So in 21 months, we've gone from one and a half percent to eight and a half percent inflation. I wouldn't have even thought that was possible. Uh, I want people to know the proximate cause of this disaster in terms of uh, runaway inflation is the four point one trillion dollars that Biden has spent and borrowed and printed. So he's flooded the American economy with cheap dollars, and that is causing this tragic inflation. The average family has lost about $4,100 in purchasing power in the last 14 months under Biden. That's a huge, huge reduction. By the way, they were up over $6,000 under Trump. Now they're down $4,000 under Biden in terms of people's buying power. And we're talking about middle-class people here, Steve. And then finally, you know, you look at what's happening to people's savings. You know, I see the market is up today, and I can't really explain why that is, given these abysmal numbers. But even if you take into account the better numbers today, you know, the stock market, when you adjust for inflation, is down almost 15 to 20 percent under Biden since he entered office. So people's 401k plans, seniors retirement plans are being vaporized, vaporized by these by these uh, policies. Now, the reason it's up and we'll talk about this in a lot. The reason it's up is that the market it believes that Jamie Dimon and these guys have now and, and Powell and these guys are rattled enough. You're going to get a Greenspan put. That they're not going to continue, uh, to the, the doves are going to win over the hawks. That's why people are hoping for more easy money. But let's go back to to the underlying th- thing of President Trump had full spectrum energy dominance, uh, tax cuts where they were, and I didn't agree with all the tax cuts, but tax cuts where they're meaningful, um, focused on bringing manufacturing jobs back. We had no no inflation, and I think eleven percent uh, real wages increase. For yeah. working class of people, for people blue collar over right. white collar, non college graduate over college graduate. This we just finished your ten thousand dollar swing, the six thousand bump with Trump, the four thousand subtraction for Biden. Uh, that is uh, that is because we've had eighteen months in a row consecutively of real wages declining. Right. Uh, let's go. Let's turn. But I want to turn to your. I want to turn to your seven ways that America is being destroyed. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So this math is not complicated, right? So we've had uh, eight 
to eight and a half percent inflation in consumer prices and five to maybe 5.2 percent rise in wages. Uh, so the math here is easy. Americans are losing three percent of their uh, purchasing power each month. And, and by the way, a lot of people think, you know, when you buy the essentials, the inflation rates a lot higher than, uh, you know, eight percent. And you know what group that's really getting clobbered here? Is seniors so seniors inflation rate is closer to nine to ten percent. I got I mean I fell down on my off my chair laughing today when Ron Klain, the the chief of staff of Joe Biden, one of the three or four most powerful people in this administration, put out a tweet today saying, "Isn't this great news that in, that so, Social Security payments are going up by nine percent?" Well, Steve, they're going up by nine percent because the inflation is running at nine percent. You moron! And so that just means our deficit's going to be larger. Seniors are not better right. off of this. They're getting crushed by inflation and they're losing their lifetime savings. How is that good for seniors? It means that also the Fed, as you mentioned, deficit, the deficit gets bigger and in, in inflation yep. that has to be paid for. We're not yep. saying there shouldn't be a cost of living, but they're sitting there going the best in 40 years or well, the best in 40 years is because inflation is out of control. Cola, <laughs> the cost of living adjustment is a cost of living adjustment. It's not a thing to celebrate. Because you'd rather have a zero cola and zero inflation. Uh, well, no, that, this shows you that lies. Mis- you know, Go ahead, uh, Steve. Yeah, your treasury went up to 4% for the first time in many, 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 many years. And so it was about 1%, I think, when Trump left office. So think about what that three percentage point increase in interest rates means on the government debt. We've added probably one to two trillion dollars to the debt for nothing for nothing, just because we have to pay more money for the massive amounts of government borrowing that we've been doing for the last 30 years in this country. I mean, that <laughs> one to $2 trillion, we're getting nothing for that. We're not getting roads, bridges, schools. We're not getting national defense for that. It's just money that's going out of our country to foreigners because of the higher interest rates. What, what do you say, Janet Yellen, uh, yesterday, and we talked about a little bit this morning, is 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 warning about uh, a lack of liquidity in the treasury market. I mean, these things used to sell automatically. People didn't even get big commissions for selling it because it was automatic. You know, it came or the treasury sold them. And, you know, the guys who are buying those are kind of tucking them away. Uh, now, you're obviously they're saying because lack of liquidity, you're going to have to increase the interest rates even more than today. How is that? Yeah. Just explain to the audience how that rolls down everywhere into their own personal finances. Uh, Steve. Sorry, I lost you there for a second. You hear me? Okay, yeah, we got you. Um, Steve, did you hear the question? You were asking me about the interest rates. Yeah, I mean, I I see those rates potentially continuing to rise because the flood of debt out there. By the way, Steve, think about this. This is not just a United States problem. Over the last three years, the developed countries of the world that are supposed to be run by smart people have spent $25 trillion dollars. It's $25 trillion. I mean, they've borrowed that much money. That's never happened before in the history of civilization. Who's going to finance all of this debt, Steve? I mean, you were in these markets. Who's going to buy all these government bonds? I'm not going to buy them. So so what has to happen here? Because here's the thing. You, you talk, they're talking in D.C. right now about a continued resolution, which is just the fact they haven't passed an appropriations bill. People should understand the scam of all these committees. The reason they don't pass appropriations bill, they never want to have to give the American people kind of a, uh-oh, we're going to have a one and a half or $2 trillion deficit 
annually. So they wait. Then they had these CRs, and the game is just to kick it down the road 90 days at a time. But essentially, it's another trillion and a half dollars. And we have the debt ceiling coming up in the first part of the year. Steve, yeah, how's the Biden regime, which essentially is going to end on November 8th with the landslide that we've got coming in the House and the Senate? How is this going to be? How is this going to be? Uh, how is this going to be worked out? Well, Steve, I mean, first of all, uh, let me say this, that, you know, on that debt that you were talking about, um, you know, I love Biden saying, oh, I've reduced the national debt when, in fact, you know, he came in his first year. They spent three trillion dollars above the budget. And then this year, they're only spending an extra one and a half trillion dollars. And he wants us to pat him on the back for that. I mean, is that the most absurd thing you've ever heard? You know, no president in modern times, maybe ever in American history, has been as financially reckless as this president. And he's running around saying how he's reducing the deficit. I mean, what a lie. So walk us through right now. Intel's already announced that there's going to be big layoffs in Intel. That's a proxy for the overall economy. You're an economist. As you see this thing going forward, walk me through uh, what's going to happen here. You've got you got market in the market today. The stock market definitely bounced back because people are anticipating that Powell and these guys don't have the stones to continue on the Volcker path. They think that they're going to be too rattled. Uh, by the politics of this. So they're looking for what we call the Greenspan put, more uh, quantitative easing, easing right. of interest rates, no bump in the next in the next session. People think the doves are going to win out. What, what do you, as you forecast out, tell me what you see. Well, how, I don't understand why financial markets think that's a good thing if, if the doves win out, because then what are we going to do? We're going to have 8 9% inflation from now until kingdom come, until we do something about two things. I think the Fed does need to raise rates some more, but much, much more important than that, Steve, is it doesn't matter how much the Fed raises interest rates. If you've got a government that continues to spend one, two trillion dollars each year more than it's bringing in. I mean, as I said, I'll ask that question again. Who's going to buy all of these bonds? I think that, uh, you know, that the Treasury Secretary is right, Janet Yellen, that at some point people just stop buying the bonds. And then you think the interest rate is high now. It's going to continue to go up. I saw mortgage rates in many markets. Did you see this, Steve? Today they went over 7%. We haven't had 7% mortgage rates yeah. for, you know, years and years and years. I mean, this is, in my opinion, Steve, this is a financial disaster. It's a calamity. And none of these people in the, in the Biden administration have any idea how to deal with it. And and they're putting it all in on on uh, on uh, Jerome Powell, but I don't think he knows how to deal with this either, frankly, because we've never had this kind of level of massive overspending and borrowing. Right. You've. I want to go back to the percentage over the GDP. Um, and here's who. By the way, the audience should understand. Here's who the buyer is. It's you. We essentially buy it because the Japanese insurance companies, the Chinese Communist Party, the Gulf Emirates. They've only yep. got a certain they got a certain cap, a certain limit. What you do to enhance more buyers also is you juice up interest rates. You give them more yield. So the search for yield by these countries will have them buy treasuries. Uh, I happen to think we may be heading to a sovereign debt crisis in the United States. Yep. I'm but about but that. Steve, you're an expert in deficit. Let's get to that. You're, you're an expert in deficits. We're now, what, 150% over GDP? That rule of thumb by Rubini, these guys, is that this time it's totally different. Every country that goes above 100% says, oh, we got it this time. All of them end up in financial collapse. Why is the United States going to be any different? 
Well, I mean, we do, we are the world's currency, so we do have an, a big advantage in that, but I'm worried about how long that's going to last, you know, as, as long as we continue to debase our currency. And, you know, I've got to tell you that, you know, the, the, my thing about, you know, seven ways to destroy a country, one of the ways you destroy a country is you debase its currency. And that's exactly what's happening under Biden. And then you cause a financial crisis. And that's what's happening with all the government debt. And this is, if you, if you, I'm sure you've heard of this, Steve. Have you heard of modern monetary theory? Oh, big time. We talk about it all the time here. But I think that's gonna I think that's been proven to be a fallacy. The deficits don't matter, right? By the way, Wall Street in, embraced it. They didn't say it, but they embraced modern monetary theory, which basically deficits don't matter. You can spend and spend and spend. And by the way, if it ever becomes a problem, you just raise taxes, right? That yeah. you just raise taxes to well, pay I think for it. That 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 is a that's a joke, right? No, I think you're right. Well, if anything good has come out of, out of this crisis. Uh, it is that modern monetary theory has been proven to be, I think you called it a joke. I think it's, a, you know, it is it is a, a crisis uh, by people who want to continue to grow the government ad infinitum. And they said there'd be negative, no negative effects of all this spending. Well, folks, how do you like it now? How do you like eight, nine percent inflation? How do you like the fact that we can't we don't have enough energy in this country? How do you like the fact that we're running deficits so large that it's put our country in great financial turmoil? And, and when you add that to what all the, the I think it's so important to put this in the international context of what the rest of the world is doing, where they're they're following our lead and spending and spending and spending. And the private sector is getting crushed and crowded out by this massive increase in government. And that story never has a happy ending. Walk me through the seven ways, because I want to ask you about the politics of, of money right here. Tell me you, you, you gave a speech. It was in Delaware. It was covered by the Epoch Times, I think the best broadsheet out there. And then it was yeah. picked up and was made the lead story in Zero Hedge, which everybody on Wall Street um, goes to. So walk us through the seven ways to destroy a country. Okay, I'm going to do it really quickly. So people always ask me when I give speeches about what's happening with our country right now in the economy, people ask me, is this intentional? And I would say I don't think it's intentional. I think these people are just incredibly misguided and incompetent, not intentionally uh, full of malice. But if it were intentional, then you would do exactly what Biden has done. And very quickly, uh, number one, you would you would uh, stop enforcing the border, right? You would just have no borders for the country. And that's what's happened under Biden. Number two, you would destroy its energy sources. Of course, that's exactly what Biden's doing by canceling our coal and our oil and our gas production, which is 70 percent of our energy. Number three, you would ruin its finances by borrowing so much money that the country just becomes essentially bankrupt. That's what's happening under Biden. Number four, you would debase its currency. And that's what's happening with this runaway inflation. Number five, you would put your political opponents in jail. And Steve, I mean, nobody knows more about this than you do. And uh, Peter, like Peter Navarro and, others, you know, I really literally at night, I am worried that uh, there's going to be a knock on my door because I work for Donald Trump. And they're going to come with guns and they're going to put me in jail. I mean, that's what's happening to our country. That's what uh, tyrants do. Is they put their political enemies in jail. Um, and then the next thing you would do is you would let crime run rampant around the country in big cities. That's happening. I think I may have met, left out one, but you get the picture that this are most yeah. civil. You've taught me this, Steve Bannon. Most civilizations, most, most great empires throughout history have been destroyed from within. 
not from invaders outside the country. It's the rot inside the country. And that's exactly what's happening in America. I've got one more minute, Steve. So uh, that that's my take on this, though. I got just, to tell you, I'm just, very- just, Real quickly, just hit me with you've been going around the country. What do you project right now as you look out to November 8th? You've been around for Freedom Works, your Prosperity Council. What do you see yeah. happening in November 8th? I think there's going to be a wipeout of any any Democrat. Um, you know, I think Democrats are in big trouble. Steve, I'm going to make a prediction on your show. I think you're going to see a lot of Democrats lose. Nobody thought saw it coming. Even Democrats in blue areas of the country, I think, are in grave danger because Americans are onto this. They are so upset about what has happened to this great country of ours. Uh, so I'm looking at a big wave, a red wave, very much like what happened in 1980, 1994, and 2010. Steve Moore, how do people track you down? How do they get to your writings? How do they see your speeches? How do they get all your content? Go to the Committee to Unleash Prosperity website. Get our hotline. I know you get it every day, Steve. It's free. I'm not selling anybody anything. Yep. Just sign up hotline and we'll give you this information that you and I've been talking about for free five mornings a week and uh, just sign up for the newsletter. If you don't like it, you can unsubscribe. And Steve, thanks for what you do. But I have to tell you, I don't know if it's keeping you up at night, but I worry that those those, uh, you know, FBI agents are coming to my door. That's been happening to so many Trump people. Um, and you and I are very much at risk. I, I have a, I have a, I have a bigger, having faced that, I have a much bigger worry that we're going to have a financial collapse. I think Me? that we are heading towards a, of a, a financial uh, apocalypse that this country is going to have a very tough time pulling out of, and the generation under 35 years old is going to be wiped out forever. Steve Moore, Thanks. thank you very much. One of the President Trump's yeah. advisors. Uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, people can get that piece. I want to make sure everybody gets it. It's up on uh, Zero Hedge. I posted it on Getter, but I want to make sure we put it. It's called Seven Ways to Destroy a Country. And when you look at it, it's actually quite eerie how much of that has gone on in the last 18 months. Of course, we're paying the price for that. Boris is going to join us a little bit later to talk about the practicality of the politics of all this. But I want to bring in Dr. Miriam Grossman. She's been at the cutting edge. Dr. Grossman, I know you sat in for, um, for Steve Moore's, which are really more financial or some political but another way to destroy a country is cultural or go after the family. And the way to go after the family is the children. Walk through it. You become such a big name in this uh, in this movement to kind of put rationality back into everything that's going on. And I guess it's gender affirming surgery or gender ideology. Can you walk us through what your background is, how you get engaged in this and what's your fight right now? Sure, sure. Thank you, Steve, so much for having me on. I'm a a board certified child, adolescent and adult psychiatrist. And uh, I became aware of what we were teaching children about gender uh, 10, 12 years ago when I was actually studying sex education. I wrote a book called You're Teaching My Child What? And it was mostly about uh, sex education without the gender part, but there was one chapter about gender. You see, we have been teaching kids a very dangerous uh, approach toward gender identity that people have not really become aware of until recently. And that is that we've been telling kids that they can basically choose whether they're boys or girls, and that they, if they have any anxiety, depression, um, social problems, or any of the many, many different things that kids and teenagers suffer with, 
then they really might consider whether they might be the opposite sex. And they use these uh, extremely rigid um, <clears throat> stereotypes of boys and girls, and uh, they present the, these these notions that are almost laughable. That you know, a, a, any girl that's not into really girly things and dresses and makeup and so on, or any boy that's not into sports or you know all these stereotypically masculine things that you could be the opposite sex. And uh, this Dr. is a- Dr. Grossman, Dr. Grossman, hang, Dr. Grossman, hang, hang over a second, because I want this thing of the transgender, this thing of the ideology into the parents' parents' rights and the surgery is kind of dropped on people like an anvil over the last, let's say, six or eight months. It's kind of come up and people are like in shock. But you've been at this beginning. I do want to go back and spend a couple minutes about how the whole sex education this has been something that's been in a public education for many, many decades, right? We're just seeing now maybe the ra more radical fruits of it. But can you go back? I just want to make sure people know that this just didn't spring whole cloth in the last five months that now people are seeing this, that, that you and others have been following this and warning people about this for a long time. And people, yes. quite frankly, like in a lot of things, they're too busy. They just don't pay attention. So go back. And talk about how this even got embedded in the system. I mean, how do we even get a public school system where the purview of what the parent should be teaching the child in the closeness of the family and what, how the parents believe that should be uh, delivered according to either their religious beliefs or their cultural beliefs or, or their family uh, heritage and traditions, how they do it as a family, as parent to child to pass that on has been really superseded by the state in this way, public education says, go back, let's hit the rewind button. Cause I want people to know so many people come up to me and go, how did this happen? Where did it happen? I said, Hey, no offense. Nobody's paying attention, but I think it's been going on for a long time. The actual intrusion of the state in doing this. Uh, in, 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 this is just a difference in degree, not a difference in kind, Dr. Grossman. Okay. You are correct. This is going on for a very, very long time. And when modern sex education began in the 60s, it began with the, uh, with the goal of taking over from the family because parents, frankly, weren't thought to uh, have the right ideas at that time. They were old fashioned. They, they were just coming out of the 50s. You know, it was uh, these people that, that came together and, and created modern sex education, they wanted a sexual revolution. They wanted to. Uh, they wanted to advance the idea that kids are sexual from cradle to grave, and that any sort of sexual behavior is wonderful. Um, the problem is when sexual behavior is restrained by the Judeo-Christian values by society. That was considered the issue. They believe that even infants are sexual creatures. And so uh, they certainly had an agenda and they believe that, you know, they need to reach kids very early and they need to bring this into the schools uh, and present it in such a way that it, uh, it sounds like it's educational and that it's based on health. Uh, it certainly was educational, but it was not based on health. It was based on the ideology that uh, sexual freedom and sexual rights are the most important things to teach our kids. 
that they have that they are sexual hang on beings. I, hang, hang, I, hang i want to go right there about the sexual beings sexual freedom the 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 institutions of the judeo-christian west in your mind at that time in the 60s right the jewish tradition the temples the the christian whether it's a catholic church or the or the, or the christian in the nuclear family had been going on i don't know for millennia right it, was there any evidence any evidence at all that those traditions were met, regardless of religious form but the judeo-christian civilization was having a problem <laughs> Uh, promulgating that information, given that we had large families, happy families, there, there wasn't an issue about family formation, there wasn't an issue about population decline, there was, was there any evidence at the time that this was not being passed down appropriately for those cultures and civilizations? Well, that's a good question. I think that at that time they would have pointed at um, out-of-wedlock births, which, what they were called at the time, and venereal diseases, um, STDs, we call them now. And they would have argued that young people are not getting the information that they need about their sexuality. And I mean, this is what they would have argued publicly, but privately, uh, and, and there's plenty of evidence about this, they really wanted to change the culture. And they wanted to take sexuality outside of the confines of um, the Judeo-Christian framework, outside of marriage, um, outside of you know heterosexuality. And they wanted to um, increase the, the 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 bandwidth, the, the the scope of sexual behaviors that would be acceptable and uh, uh, created a different kind of a world. And you know this came out of Kinsey, you know. The the let me just go. We got a minute here. We're gonna hold you through it. Thirty seconds. Um, did anybody try to fight that? I mean, I know you wrote books, but was there any organized effort of of parents or religions or whether the Jewish religion or the Christian religion was the churches, temples, organization, rabbis, priests? Did anybody really try to stand well, sure. up and say, "Hey, we don't want this to happen"? Oh, ab absolutely. The most conservative and traditional of uh, you know religious groups certainly fought it, but it was just too big of a monster to to fight. I mean, uh, you know, the 60s came and you know what happened in the 60s. And uh, there was there was a revolution. Dr. Grossman, hang on for one second. We're going to come back in just a moment. We're going to continue this to find out how this exploded over the last year. Dr. Miriam Grossman, who's one of the leaders in this to understand this effort and to fight it, will join us on the other side in War Room Battleground. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the unplugged suite. It's secure, 
It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we're honored to have Dr. Miriam Grossman, one of the leading experts in this area. So, Dr. Grossman, you have this, and the people that are in back of it are, are really, hey, we want to change culture and society, even babies. People are sexual beings, and they need their sexual freedom. Freedom On the outside, they're saying it's about uh, out-of-wedlock marriages and sexual hygiene and all that, so they're selling it. And it goes on for decades. It obviously gets even more intrusive than public schools. Then you have the gay pride, the LGBTQ. And then all of a sudden it appears out of nowhere. We're debating and teaching. There's pornography in schools, these books, and we're teaching transgender ideology. And then it leads our greatest institutions, Boston Children's, the Philadelphia Church, these great institutions, medical institutions, Vanderbilt, are actually doing these surgeries. Walk us through how we got there. It seems like out of nowhere because everybody comes to me and says, hey, how did this happen overnight? So where are we right now and how did this just kind of explode? It appears to the average person and even the average parent over the last six months to a year. Yeah, well, I mean, it has exploded. Uh, and Well, you know, it has it's been going on a long time in terms of the material, the educational material, the ideas that have been put in front of our kids about gender and about male and female, you know, uh, teaching them that the that so-called gender binary that there's only male and female is actually an oppressive idea, a a, uh, a dangerous idea, and one that they should reject. 
that's something that's been taught to kids for a very long time. I have material that goes back, you know, to the 90s and the 2000s in where Planned Parenthood and other organizations were definitely putting this stuff in front of kids. I wrote about it in 2009. Um, it really wasn't picked up. I think that it was maybe considered just so fringe and so bizarre and so impossibly crazy that we were telling these, you know, telling our kids this, that they should change their bodies to um, fit with their, whatever their mind is telling them at the very moment. I think that people felt that it was just too fringe and, and, and just, you know, just too extreme. Uh, but all that has changed. And now we see that it has become very mainstream in the schools. And it's very cool to be transgender right now. It's not cool to be uh, strictly, you know, identifying as a male or female. It's much more cool to be somewhere what they would call sort of either in the middle in that spectrum or to be identifying as the opposite sex is considered much more cool. And it really is almost like a fad, um, except that it's a very, very dangerous fad and it leads kids and parents down a dangerous path. Uh, and it ends with surgeries that are irreversible and that leave young people disfigured and sometimes sterile. So this is a very serious business that we're talking about over here. And okay, but hang on, but hang on, but hold on, hang on, hold on, hang on, hang on, slow down. To get to the surgeries, I got to get to Vanderbilt or to Harvard or to Boston Children's. The kids that are sitting there is very cool and the things. How did this actually walk me through the educational infrastructure? How did our elites or how did this get embedded as a hardcore ideology, both in the libraries with the librarians and in actual teaching itself, the content and the training of these teachers? It just didn't pop up out of nowhere. And kids don't know. I mean, they're, it's what they're exposed to to say, hey, this is cool or not cool. But how did that ideology get essentially hardwired to where parents go to school board meetings and they're pushed back and challenged. And these guys are not going to back off. They're not going to back off one inch. In fact, Glenn Youngkin wins on this very, he wins on CRT in this very point. And we are now finding out in school, people coming to us, parents coming to us and saying, essentially Youngkin's victory had very little change. The schools are still not backing down. There's still this pornography. There's still this ideology. And the transgender stuff is probably as bad as it was when Gover when Youngkin was first thing. And Youngkin wants to run for president on this very topic. This shows you how dug in it is. So how did it actually the content in the training get down to a public school level? You are correct that these ideas are baked in to our educational system, our sex education, and now unfortunately even into the medical system. In, in the, if you look at the American Academy of Pediatrics, they are just 100%, um, you know, with the program. It's just like there's a regime and they are the apparatchiks of the, of, they're just regurgitating this um, false, uh, unscientific, uh, uh, you know, uh, philosophy about gender and, 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 and how to treat gender confusion. So, how did it happen? I mean, it, you know, it, it's difficult to just put it in a few sentences, but essentially, you know, as sex education developed and became, you know, got a, a lot of, lot of funding, money, 
um, and also the ideas of sexuality and gender, um, uh, you know, became very strong within universities and, and academics. And gender theory um, became a, a foundation of, of feminism and, and really took off at the universities, uh, you know, teaching these kids stuff. And, and, and you know, you had, you just had a, a, whole, a whole framework of uh, an educational framework, both second, you know, higher education and the, the whole field of sexology, anyone that wanted to become a sex therapist or study human sexuality had to go through this system that was uh, basically, you know, indoctrinated them into this one way of looking at sexuality and gender. So uh, you are, are correct. Yeah, it, go keep going. It's baked in. It is baked in. So at this point, if you take your child to the pediatrician and your child um, is autistic or has some anxiety or depression and happens, you, you know, and the child has that 10 minutes alone with the which they are intent on always doing. They take your child, uh, especially if it's a teenager, away from the parent, or they ask the parent to leave, and they ask these sensitive questions to the kid. And if the kid says, well, you know, I'm really struggling, I think that I, I'm not sure about my gender, and they've heard about this at school, they've heard about it online. They've, I mean, it's all, it's all over the place at this point. I mean, it's all over you know, Disney and it's the internet and YouTube, and there's hardly a place where you don't hear about transgenderism and, and how there are people that are just born in the wrong body. And it could happen to anybody. It's not a disorder. It happens. And the treatment for that is to bring your body, um, to change your physical body so that it then meets whatever you feel you are in your mind. And uh, so kids hear Dr. this. I'm sorry. No, keep going. No, keep okay. going. And they go online, and especially during all the uh, all the lockdowns, you know, kids were spending hours and hours and hours online. They were on YouTube. They were on all these other platforms. And there's thousands and thousands of kids on there who are telling, recounting their um, transition stories of, you know, how they went on blockers to block their puberty and they felt so much better and then they went on girls you know talk about going on testosterone and they're very excited about all the changes that that brings and they feel so good and they're just all pumped up and these kids are spending hours and hours online and they're listening to this stuff and they just think like why not these kids are so happy i want to be happy i'm miserable I don't fit in at school. I don't feel good about my changing body. I don't like getting my period, whatever it is. A lot of it is very typical, you know, teenage kind of thing. But they are led to believe and they are indoctrinated to believe that they might be born in the wrong body and they therefore should explore that possibility. And the exploring. Dr. Gerson, we want to have. Exploring begins. We want to with, have you back on. To, go ahead. Yeah, I, I would love to come back on. There's a lot to say. No, 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 no. This is, I will tell you, and look, everybody knows this is not my line of country, right? We are, we're very much economics, capital markets, national security, politics, but 
the reality is, and I will tell people this in, in the, in the, and you heard Steve Moore just went through the seven ways to destroy a country. This may be the most important thing we're dealing with right now because you're seeing the nuclear family under assault and you're seeing the children being turned against. This is like the Maoist um, cultural revolution when the Red Guards were, 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 uh, taught ideo- ideology to attack the family and attack their parents. The same thing in the French Revolution. That's why I say this is much more radical than even the Bolsheviks, right? This if is I this is as radical you. as Mao Zedong. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, ma'am. I I just I would like to share with you and your audience. I I I spoke to a dad yesterday from Connecticut. He told me the following story. He has a very emotionally disturbed daughter. She uh had multiple psychiatric hospitalizations because she was suicidal. During one of those hospitalizations, she heard about being transgender and she started to go in that direction. He would not accept it. He would not accept that she was a boy. He just would, wouldn't hear about it. She was his daughter and he wasn't gonna budge on that. During one of her hospitalizations, Child Protective Services came in and they would not allow the girl to be discharged to her family for that reason, because the, the father refused to call her by a different name, a boy's name, and refused to use male pronouns. This father has not seen his daughter for three years. Three years. The, the Department of Child Protective Services took her away from a loving wonderful family this could happen to any family people need to know that you're not immune this is what's going on if you don't if you insist on living in reality and you will not uh go along with your confused child's new identity your home is considered unsafe and your child can be taken away and put into foster care indefinitely this is what's happening in our country. Dr. Grossman, how do people uh, follow you? How do they get to your website to find more about you, your career? How do they find, how do they follow you on social media? Uh, my Twitter is at Miriam underscore Grossman. My website is miriamgrossmanmd.com. There's a lot on there, a lot of articles and interviews. Please get educated. No family is immune. You need to know what's going on before you get ambushed by this. Before your kid comes home and says, mom, dad, I'm not your daughter, I'm your son. You need to be prepared. And you can be. You can be. Dr. Grossman, I also want to, every time I give a speech or every time I go to CPEC or people want to uh, make sure that... uh, we tell you what a fantastic job you're doing in leadership. And in times like these, in these uncertain times, it's it's leaders like you that people can rally around and people feel a level of stability and comfort. So from our entire audience at the War Room, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. We know you're under assault every day. So thank you for fighting the fight. Well, you're welcome. And I won't think of doing anything else. But thank you for your kind words. I appreciate it. Thank you. Dr. Miriam Grossman, one of the fighters in this area, I got to tell you, let me bring in Boris uh, for a second. Uh, Boris, uh, you know, we deal in politics or capital markets or things, but this thing is so scary. And when I've gone around and given these speeches and I talk to people offline, it's obviously finance and capital markets, but this is like a specter. 
that's ha- holy, hanging over families. That you just heard the story right there that Dr. Grossman talking about. People are people are are worried about this to a level they've never been worried about anything in their lives. That their families could actually be destroyed by this. Any thoughts? Uh, any thoughts? Observations? Analysis? Steve, we've got a lot of thoughts on this. Honor to be with you. Obviously, ton going on uh, today on the political side, capital market side. But you know, uh, on the family side, as a as a father and a proud father of a wonderful boy, I will tell you this. That and you know, actually, I have to restrain myself from using some colorful language. The people who are pushing this on our children, okay, better stay away from my kid. They better stay away from all our children. They better not even think of encroaching on what is happening uh, on our kids. They better not think of encroaching on parents. Better not think of encroaching on the individuality and 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 the. The, the gender of our kids. I do, our children, our children's minds should not be polluted with this nonsense. And it is absolute, this woke radical agenda is as scary and as offensive and intrusive as it possibly gets. And it is a huge problem for families. And Dr. Grossman is right. We've got to be vigilant. We've got to protect our children and we cannot have them be exposed to this radical wokeism. You see it on social media, I mean, the pictures are staggering. Oh, so proud of the gender blockers for my, or, or hormone blockers for my, it is absolute craziness. It is absolute nonsense, but it isn't to be laughed off. It's dangerous and it is true to be vigilant about and to be protected against. Walk me through the uh, politics uh, for today. The uh, And I actually kind of forgot about it because it, it, it the, the capitals, I mean, we've been on, as you know, we've been on the road uh, going out to campaign, seeing what's going on, going out throughout the country since July, basically before CPAC. Um, D.C. is empty. The Capitol's empty. All, everybody's back campaigning. The Democrats, you know, see this as an existential election for them. What happened on January 6th today? And, and, and they're going after President Trump. But is anybody listening? No one's listening. They're a total failure. And so today they they they, they try to end this supposed to the last hearing, and they said they passed a resolution this complete Stalinistic witch hunt way where they go around and vote yes, a resolution to uh, it's a resolution to subpoena President Trump for documents and for for testimony. Now you know without talking about you know any potential response or anything, but the whole but the whole scene, the whole the whole show trial mode of it was just so un-American. You, think, you truly think a, a real committee, a, uh, a real committee would have a nine to nothing vote, a nine to zero vote, a vote where nobody opposes? It is staggering. It is shocking. It is un-American. It's unconstitutional. But it's exactly what we expect from these radical Democrats uh, because of what, what they've done for seven years now, perpetrating hoax after hoax after hoax against the American people. What it was so the sum total. I mean, cable would not pick it up. Cable would not pick it up uh, in prime time. The networks wouldn't pick it up. It was on cable at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday when the 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 consumer price index comes out. Everybody's talking economics. The markets are thinking about hey, uh, you know, Powell can't possibly keep raising interest rates because the politics here is too terrible. The next, in fact, the next uh, rate increase would be, uh, uh, I think, four days before the election. They'll clearly get soft. They're, they're looking for a Greenspan put. There's so much global news. There's so much financial news. There's so much economic news. But this thing just kind of is kind of petered out. The Democrats made a huge bet. This would be a big difference. Even Morning Joe said this morning, it's not what the country's thinking about. No, of course not. 
And the Democrats have overshot just like they always do, and they're doing it again. I mean, you've got Liz Cheney lost by 40 points in her home state, destroyed by President Trump, destroyed by MAGA, destroyed by the Warren Posse. And Liz Cheney is up there, you know, trying to lecture the American people, even though she's been kicked out of her party and, let's be honest, kicked out of Congress by her constituents. So, yes, the American people have tuned them off. Because what's happening in our country, the, no, the complete disaster of the southern border, the criminal disaster all across the country, the mess we are in economically, national security-wise, secure, you know, domestic security-wise, uh, and, and of course criminally, is so overwhelming. And yet you've got these, this, these, this kangaroo court, this witch hunt sitting up there trying to you know, claim that they, are, that, that they are somehow doing something for the American people. It is a complete and total charade. It's a complete and total joke. This committee has been even more of a failure than, we, than anybody could have, ex, could have expected because they haven't done any of the, they haven't investigated the fraud, the overwhelming fraud in Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Pennsylvania. And they haven't talked about President Trump passing much peacefully and patriotically and authorized thousands of troops to protect Washington, D.C. on January 6th because he knew it was going to be an overwhelming crowd. They haven't talked about any of that because they're trying to lie to the American people, and they failed. And that's why Nancy Pelosi's Congress approval rating is in the single digits. Give me a quick, we got about a minute and a half. Walk me through this red tsunami's building. We're fighting in Rhode Island, Connecticut, Maine 2, uh, New Hampshire. Nine, nine seats in play and close to wins for the Republicans in New York State, California, the Rio Grande Valley, Oregon. Brother, we're in these deep blue states, in deep blue territories where Biden won 10, 12, 14 points, uh, one in quotes, uh, these districts, and we're now competitive. What do you see? Do you think Nancy Pelosi and this committee get swept out to sea on the 8th? Oh, absolutely. The, the tsunami is rising. The MAGA wave is getting hotter and hotter and hotter and higher and higher and higher. It is only going to get, it's only going, the, the, uh, moves like this, nonsense like this is only going to energize MAGA under the leadership of President Donald J. Trump further and further and further and get stronger and stronger and stronger. That's what it's going to be. That, that, that's what the effect is going to be. We are only going to fight back harder. We're only going to stand stronger. The posse has to keep putting its shoulder to the wheel and continue fighting. That is what has got to happen. And, and again, you see how desperate these Democrats are. You see these hoaxes they perpetrate against President Trump. It's nonstop targeting, weaponization of law enforcement. It has got to stop. And winning in November and in 24 is the only way it's going to stop. No substitute for victory. Boris, how do they get your morning newsletter, and how do they get to you on social media? No doubt about it. BorisCP.com is, is my website. Hot on BorisCP.com. Hot on Get Our Boris CP. Twitter at Boris CP. Hot on Twitter social at Boris. Hot on the ground. Boris on the scrub sign. Stay strong. God bless. And I will see you tomorrow. Thank you. Boris and those guys are on offense right now. Tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., I will guarantee you it'll be just as lit as it was today. The Creditors Committee uh, meeting is called for at 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Where? In the war room. We'll see you then.